Hey, Street Fight listeners, how are you doing? It's Wednesday night, time for a Street Fight. We are here, as usual, on live stream. Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Come watch. Come hang with the gang. Get in that chat. Let us know what you think. Let us know what's going on in your world. We want to hear from y'all, y'all. I'm happy to see if you're in there right now. Um, We also, available as a podcast. That's how most people find us. So remember to subscribe, add a a five-star review, and do everything you can to spread this mess across the U.S. Uh, My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We're the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. Uh, We're here on WCRS LPFM as well. So if you're in Columbus, add it to your radio dial. Get it there. You're going to need it. When your battery is low, you got to plug your phone and you can't put your aux cable in. Get that WCRS in your presets. Uh, Also, if you are following us on Instagram, we're Street Fight WCRS on Instagram. I did a 30-minute show with Eric Deal, the guy in town painting my car. He's a fascinating man uh, with lots of talents and is an incredible painter. And we're raising money for the Hopi Tutsqua Permaculture Institute. Uh, he kind of explained, you know, their mission and everything a little bit today. And if you head to store.streetfightradio.com, you can get access to a exclusive patch and sticker uh, for your donation. So please consider heading to store.streetfightradio.com and doing that. How are you doing, Brian? <clears throat> I'm really good today. You know, a really good day today. Uh, Gwen got her driver's license. Holy moly. So clapping for that. I mean, it's funny. I sent a text to our friend group, uh, all the adults in our friend group. I, I sent a text and one of the people was like, don't tell me it's Gwen. I said, guess who got their license? And they're like, don't tell me it's Gwen. Like they feel old. And I'm like, I am like proud as hell, man. She got a perfect score. And like impressive. I, right, because I was the one who taught her how to do maneuverability. And I don't think maneuverability is something that you have to do in any place other than Ohio. But it is like the the uh, uh, part of the test that people fail pretty much every time. It, it's, yeah. it's like the road test is like just driving in a residential area. It's very easy. I don't know how that's the road test. You just drive around a block and they're like, yeah, it looks good. Yeah. I think it's impressive, especially because you shouldn't be teaching anyone how to drive. So. Yeah. Yeah. I taught her how to do maneuverability. Um, you know, I'm real good at it because like, um, I had to memorize it when I was like 22, when I got my driver's license and like whoever taught me and we can't figure out who taught me because it wasn't Katie. It was somebody else taught me how to do it. And they taught me like to just memorize how to turn the wheel. So it's like you're not even thinking about the car like outside or where it's going or anything like that. It's just like a quarter turn, then a quarter turn, or then a half turn, then a quarter turn, and then boom, you're out of there. Yeah. So. Well, I've actually realized how uh, how much backup cameras have ruined me already. Oh, really? Yeah, because he's painting my car, so I'm driving his car, which does not have a backup camera. And every time I move backwards, I get fucking afraid. 
I'm, I look in the mirror and I'm like, I don't need to see that. And I look in the side mirror and I'm like, I don't need to see that either. It's like, I don't, there's nothing, none of these little portals show me what I need to fucking see, which is what's behind me right now. <laughs> these mirrors are useless. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think the mirrors, I'm good at using the mirrors. I can't use the camera, I guess. Oh, I'm all camera all the time. I, I, I just, I can't even figure out how to use it. You know, I might. I might like put my arm on the side and like look back. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I'm really proud of her. I, I just, you know, yeah. my, uh, my sister failed the first time she took it. And I talked to a lot of other people who failed the first time they took it. Um, I passed the first time and, uh, but you were like 25, right? Yeah. I was like 22. I think I was, I was before 25. Yeah, they were like, it'd be sad if we failed you, actually. <laughs> like, you have to be a real fuck-up to fail. But, uh, you know, my daughter has a lot of the same anxiety that I have. Uh, I don't know where she got it. Family tradition. Yeah, it is. It's a family tradition. And uh, I actually gave myself anxiety thinking about her failing. And thinking like, well, I taught her maneuverability, so, you know, if she fails, it's going to be my fault. Uh, but, you know, I was sitting outside for five minutes and she FaceTimed me and was like, I got it. And I was like, holy shit. Then I had to wait in a forever line at the BMV to actually get her license. So that is uh, incredible. I'm just so happy. I really feel so good. It's great. Yeah. I um, finally became friends with the guy at the uh, wine shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been trying to be friends with him forever. I always bother him to, like, talk to me. And I even, when we were doing the TV show, I asked if we could use his place to, to film a skit. And he was like, no way. But then today, I messed up and forgot to get gum with my order. And I knew there was a $5 minimum. So I was like, ah, fuck. I need gum uh shit uh oh it's not enough i'll get something else and he was like you know what it's fine and then he goes on this rant about all these people that come in and how if they ask to use the restroom and they know it's against the policy he appreciates that they're polite and that he'll let them use it and he doesn't make them buy stuff and he was going on about how people he will charge two dollars if it's someone that apologizes he was just telling me how much he was talking about how the transaction fees are killing him but if people are respectful of that if they don't come in and say isn't it illegal to charge a minimum he was he went off basically he was really feeling in a mood today is it illegal to charge a minimum i've never heard that i have heard that but i don't know if it's true or not I've definitely heard that complaint. You can't charge a minimum. You have to take all legal tender. I had no idea. I mean, it should be, yeah. but it's. I, I didn't think it was. So we became friends. Oh, I'm glad you're friends. I told this. him I hate transaction fees too. They're robbing us blind. I know? like that. I like your attitude there. <laughs> Just to be like, I'm being, you know, the same shit that bums you out. Is this the shit that bums me out at my store that I run? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to Shopify. They're just like chiseling me with fees. You should have. You should have got into that. I did. Like, oh, you no, did? I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's how right. we're friends now. Yeah. I know his name, so I can go in and say, "Hey, Harry." Yeah. Yeah. That is great. That is. Uh, you made a buddy. I did. Fine. Yeah. I've been working on this dude forever. Ever since I moved in, I'm like, I'm going to come here all the time 
you have to fucking know me, okay? <laughs> you have to. You don't get a choice in this. I'm doing something nice here. I'm patronizing your local business. This is this. We're friends. I used to the guy. The people at Starbucks used to know me back in the day. Uh, now I order online all the time, so nobody knows me. It kind of bums me out because remember last year the people at Dunkin' Donuts knew me. As the guy that took a shit and ran away? No, no, no. I didn't take the shit and ran away. There was a guy taking a shit and I walked in on him. You were peeping Tom on the shit guy. I was not peeping in on the guy taking a shit. He left the door unlocked. And that's like a code between people that like to walk in on each other. Oh, is that what it... (laughs) (laughs) I ran so fast, man. That day was a big day for me. Very freaked me out. I can't believe I, I I actually in Asheville, North Carolina, I walked in on a guy taking a shit too in a porta potty. Wow. Yeah. They, they, since COVID, a lot of cities have put porta potties out just so people can use them. Mm-hmm. So I was in Asheville walking around doing my walk, and uh, none of the porta potties had locks on them there or even a sign that said like uh, occupied. Yeah, so you're going to steal all of this, the waste that you wanted. Sure, yeah, yeah. But usually there's a sign that says occupied or a red lo- a red thing yeah. or anything like that. None of them had the locks. Somebody must have ripped the locks off of them, which I believe truly probably did happen. <laughs> yeah. Somebody just got in there and was like, I'm taking a fucking lock off here. And uh, I opened the door and there was just a guy just shitting uh, uh he wasn't looking at his phone, which is something that's been stuck in my mind since it happened. You know? Right. It's like, I saw this guy shitting, man. And he wasn't looking at a phone. I, I just don't know what he was doing. Looking at man. the walls in there. Yeah. Just just thinking up something. Focusing, man. Just, I guess, focusing on the whole thing. I just can't remember the last time I shit without something to read. I used yeah. to take books in the bathroom with me. Shampoo bottle will do. I did. Methyl chloroisothiazolinone <laughs> is a ingredient in many shampoos that I just sat and because it had, I think it had 27 letters in it. And I was like, damn, that has more letters than the alphabet. And I uh, was really impressed with it and then figured out how to read it. So like Sanguasugabog. Huh? Sanguasugabog. It's a band I'm going to go see in December. How many letters? I don't know. Not 27. 27, yeah. Sorry. So I saw this piece from the Wall Street Journal. Let's just take a look at it and see see where it takes us, Brett. Okay. Let's let's see what road it takes us down. A piece. Uh, They were bored or worried about layoffs or tired of working hard for a meager raise every year. They got another job offer. Now they have a secret. A small dedicated group of white collar workers in industries from tech to banking to insurance say they have found a way to double their pay, work two full-time remote jobs, don't tell anyone, and for the most part, don't do much work either. (laughs) This is smart. This is definitely something you would have done. Yes. I think. I saw this and I was like, this would have been a Brett move. This is very easy to do. Now Now that I hear it. It's a brilliant idea. It is. We can do it now. Right. We right, right. Right, but we're just too lazy. We've been <laughs> I don't want to actually do meetings. I know. But you're right, I could go to one meeting a day and say I'll get right on that and have it done by Friday and get paid a full time job. Yeah, yeah. I mean you're getting paid forty hours a week. You're getting paid for eighty hours a week for working as this will go. We'll 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 look at how all of this works. 
Um, Alone in their home offices, they toggle between two laptops. They play Tetris with their calendars, trying to dodge endless meetings. Sometimes they log on to two meetings at once. They use paid time off, in some cases unlimited, to juggle the occasional big project or ramp up at a new gig. Many say they don't work more than 40 hours a week for both jobs combined. They don't apologize for taking advantage of a system they feel has taken advantage of them. I got to be honest. I don't think they're taking advantage of anything. I don't think it's taking advantage of something to do the amount of work they asked you to do for 40 hours a week. Yeah. That's fucking, that is work smart, not hard type Lifestyle. shit. But even on the other side of that, it's actually work hard too. I mean, the motherfuckers are working. It shouldn't matter if you got two jobs. It shouldn't. You, you're allowed to work at Burger King and McDonald's. Actually, you're not. You're allowed to work at Burger King and Target at the same time. That's not against the rules. Yeah, but you you have to actually show there. You have to show up there. That's true. This is genius because, um, yeah, and, and you're getting paid. They, they need something done, right? They need, for, they need something done for $60,000 a year. They need to make sure this spreadsheet is updated every single week. That's basically what the job comes down to. Mm -hmm. This spreadsheet is really fucking important and someone has to be reliable and do the spreadsheet. Yeah. And if you can do that at two fucking places, why not? Yeah, you're, you're doing what they want. They're still making money. It's still the business. They're going out of business. Right. None of this is wrong. And this is especially not taking advantage of anybody. This is doing the work people ask you to fucking do. I'm just doing it all. Uh, it's two jobs for one, says a 29-year-old software engineer who has been working simultaneously for a media company and an events company since June. He estimates he was logging three to 10 hours of actual work a week back when he held down one job. The rest of it is just attending meetings and pretending to look busy. He was emboldened by a new website called Overemployed, started by two tech workers this spring. It aims to rally workers around the concept of stealthily holding multiple jobs, framing it as a way to wrest back control after decades of stalled wages for some and a pandemic that led to unpredictable layoffs. Uh, gig work and outsourcing have been on the rise for years. Inflation is now ticking up, chipping away at spending power. Some employees on white collar fields wonder why they should bother spending time building a career. Hey, man, people in blue collar fields think that too. <laughs> everybody. everybody thinks that. <laughs> I don't think there is any reason to start a career now. I really don't. What are you going to end up with? You know, I can lay you off any fucking time, man. And, and the way I've seen this work out in people's psyches is really interesting because I was having a conversation with my wife, I think it was like three weeks ago, and they were talking about how they're going to condense the amount of offices they have. So she might move to another office that's closer to home. It would be like really good for us. And she was like, you know, I could also see them just writing us all off and firing us. Yeah. And uh, she's always said that for for over 20 years working at this place. Like, it's just, that's how people think now because that's what happens. Um, the harder you work, it seems like the less you get. That's so true. That is 100% true because the harder, here's a lesson. The harder you work, the more people expect from you. They expect, if you work hard, the level of hard that you've worked to is now the regular level of work right. that you're supposed to do. 
And that's just a fucking fact, Jack. You notice how I said that's a fact, Jack? That was kind of cool. Yeah, it sounded really hip. Cool guy thing to say. Yeah, you could hang on like a beat poetry reading. There's no implied lifetime employment anymore. Not even at IBM, which that's an odd sentence to say. I didn't know that was like implied. I mean, I'm not really, I mean, I'm not really looking for that anyways. I don't think people should be doing shit like that forever. That was kind of a stupid idea anyways. I think, here's the thing. When it was true, it wasn't true for everybody. And it wasn't even true for a vast majority of people. Like that idea was like, when you think about when you were moving into the workforce, when you think about where your mind was at in regards to getting one of these jobs that you just get to have till you die, right? Like we, we both have said on this show that that's what we were looking for. Those jobs were incredibly hard to fucking get. And the one that I always think about is fucking, there was a place in town called Lucent Technologies, okay? And it was like a telecommunications company, and it was ultra, like, it had been around forever. It was a union job. It was a good job. And, and like, it was just, that's a job that people wanted to, to get. Yeah. Okay? My buddy got a job there, fucking laid off within, uh, after like a year and a half. He was just gone. And then, so I remember thinking like, so what is the job that I get to have till I die? And in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm sure there is, there are these jobs wherever you live listening to the show, there's a Honda factory that is one that like everybody was struggling to, that wanted to get on and they barely hired anybody. They just... Like the amount of people that they hired wasn't enough. You had to get in there as a temp. Yeah. And then they would just use the temps up and then maybe hire one or two. And then you had to work up. So you had to work third shift until there was an open. You know, it was just like an unrealistic amount to get you to the point where you're working this job that is supposed to last you the rest of your life. And then when you think about it, it's like, are there, is there a Honda plant here still? I don't know. I it might be close because a lot They're of those plants are gone. Honda's still gone. And then there's Anheuser Busch. Nobody could get that fucking job. Did you ever know anybody that worked there? You had to go through job and family services to get the job. I knew one guy, one dude got a job there. Paid great. He was doing really good for himself. But uh yeah, it was just a job. That like everybody in town was like, they'll pay you a living wage and you're on there until it's over, until you're dead or you retire and you got a pension. Doesn't exist. I don't, I'll bet you don't get a pension there. No way. Okay. And, and then like utility companies are the other places. And I do think in my heart of hearts that the electric company, barring any sort of revolution, those jobs you get to have till you die. Because where's electricity going to go? Yeah. It's you know? the most important thing. Yeah. It's it's never going anywhere. But the cable company wasn't like that. They had a no layoff policy at the cable company. But what they would say is, oh, it's a great job, man. You get a no layoff policy. And then they'll tell you in orientation, but we will fire you. Like, yeah. you know, it's not hard to get fired here. <laughs> It turned out to be hard to get fired there, though, because I had to quit because I couldn't get fired. So that's it. 
Oh, I was in therapy today talking about uh, how when somebody told me, when I got called into the office at any of my jobs, even at the, the cafe I worked at, if they told me I wasn't doing a good job, I would like feel like I was going to cry. And I like I was trying to work through that emotion because like I didn't like really care what the yeah. boss thought. At all, and I didn't work hard at all. Yeah, I didn't do anything to deserve it. I know, I know, but I remember every time I go back in my car and just it would well up. I didn't like actually cry, but I would feel it welling up and I would shake and I would be really nervous. And I was just thinking about that today, like, ah, so weird. There's no so anyway, uh, um. The site serves up tips on setting low expectations with bosses, staying visible at meetings, and keeping LinkedIn profiles free of red flags. A social media cleanse is a solid excuse for an outdated LinkedIn profile, it says. In a chat on the messaging platform Discord, people from around the world swap advice about employment checks and downtime at various uh, at various brand name companies. Avoid the slippery ladder in your career one overemployed post says take the side door instead this article is based on conversations with a half dozen workers who have secretly worked multiple full-time jobs as employees and contractors during the pandemic the workers spoke anonymously for fear of being fired or not being able to pull off the arrangement again the approach doesn't violate federal or state laws and according to employment lawyers but it could represent a breach of contract or raise issues around confidentiality, and it could certainly result in an employee's termination. Um, so yeah, I know somebody that moved during the pandemic. They're like they went remote, and then they were like lived in a very expensive West Coast city, and they moved to Colum- back to Columbus because the rent's so much cheaper, and they could do the job from there for a year. Did they? So here's the thing: Google now, and I think Facebook, but I know for sure Google because I read about it. If you move out of the Bay Area and say that exact situation, if you're a remote worker, you work at Google, and then you move back to Columbus, they dock your pay to fit oh. the wage at the the at the uh, uh, cost of living at the place that you're at now. Well, which, this wasn't a Google person. Okay. Well, which I just think is so unfair. Yeah, that's that wild. Is the most unfair fucking thing now. They just adjust your pay. Um, yeah, so you're, it doesn't matter where you're at. If they're willing to pay you $100,000 to do your fucking job on a computer, on the internet, who gives a shit where you do it? For sure. Yeah, this, I mean, this all to me is like, this is Richie Rich shit. This is for people that, I don't know, I get it. And I, I understand what doing it and applaud it. But it just seems to me like this is for people that are going to use this money to start like a food truck and then hate poor and homeless people. <laughs> True. True. Uh, So I'll just read these tips here. Uh, Avoid startups. They expect too much work. Your best bet is an older company that hasn't quite mastered remote work yet. So that's good idea. One move. Yeah. Don't start two jobs too close together. Lest you find yourself trying to learn the lay of the land at two companies simultaneously. I mean, how hard I get is it? it? Every place is the same. Yeah. So if you have a remote job, just start interviewing for other remote jobs and see if they can work together. 
hit that decline button. Just because someone puts a meeting on your calendar in Outlook doesn't mean you have to take it, one double worker says. Smart. <laughs> that doesn't feel like it works, but you know what? You don't know until you fucking try. Well, yeah, but so I made a lot of money uh, doing nothing at all by saying no. You can't say no all the time. No. But it surprises them when you're like, no, I'm busy. I can't go to that meeting. And they're like, oh, you're busy. You must be working hard. Like, I am, actually. Makes you look good, too. It makes you look good, yeah. And it also shows that, that, like, it it really represents some sort of uh, autonomy that impresses them. That you, you show that you're prioritizing time. You're setting boundaries. You're all doing it to manipulate them, though. That's, I mean... Yeah, yeah, you're kind of negging them in a way. It's a little bit of negging, you know? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, hey, we need you for this meeting. Oh, no. We can't like, make that. Everybody kisses ass for their jobs. Like, everybody does whatever they have to say. Everybody kisses ass, and it's boring, and it's obvious. And they kiss ass, and then they lie, and they don't do it. But if you can sometimes push back, it's like, all right, this person is actually serious about this job. They're paying attention. They're not just kissing ass. Yeah. But you're, yeah. you're absolutely... Just completely fleecing them out of money. I know. I know. When you join a meeting, make sure everyone knows it. Ask non-questions. Yes. Restate what someone just said in different wording. A post on the overemployed yes. website. <laughs> that is ex- absolutely what to do. <laughs> Let yourself be known in the meetings. All they want is for people to be engaged and be, to be participating in the meetings. And there's no reason that anybody should be participating in most meetings. No. But you have to shoehorn it. And that's enough to get like they have to put their lay their eyes on you and see that you're doing this because then they're just going to assume that you take that energy to the rest of the stuff that you do. And you're right. It's it's like going hardcore for the first few weeks of school and then letting off the brakes, you know, surprising them in the fall and being like, I don't do shit, actually. (laughs) I did that a lot when I was in college because you get the syllabus. I would just do a whole bunch of work right away and then not do shit for months. Yeah, uh, but that's actually really funny because that's another one of these things that makes you more desirable. If you go in and you're the guy that's asking questions in every meet, now don't ask too many questions, okay? Because I worked with a guy, uh, this Matt guy that I worked with, that he, I think he must have read it in a book. Okay. Okay. Where he would ask about seven to 10 questions at every meeting. And then the explanation from the boss was never satisfactory. So then he would get into a fucking, not a screaming match, a debate, like a friendly debate with the boss. But in the end, nothing fucking changed ever for Matt. Nothing. You don't change anything in a meeting. Nothing fucking you know what a meeting's for a meeting is so that somebody at the head of the table can say i need you to do this and then you go yes i will do that and then move on to the next thing that's all a fucking meeting is meetings are nothing else i've never been in a fucking meeting that was any more than just saying you have to do this now that's what the job the job now has become this and that's what you have to do any questions and then you could ask a thousand questions you could bring up as many fucking like valid responses or reasons that can't happen but really all they fucking want 
is for you to say, yes, I'll do it. And if you're asking questions, it's to clarify some fucking bullshit that they ask. That's all it ever is. Have- Shout out to people who came up from uh, Left Flank Vets. Oh, hi, Left. Thanks for being here. Left Flank Left flank vets, how are you? Have a story. You'll want excuses and explanations at the ready for tricky moments. Need to dodge a meeting? Say you need head down focus time to finish other deliverables. That's that's some good words. Smart. That is, if you are a white collar worker, write that down. Head down focus time to finish another deliverable. Just write that down. I think that'll get you where you're going. Never been in a job where I could use that ever. All my jobs, if I would have said I need head down focus time to uh, work on another deliverable, deliverable, they they fire me for using the weird words. <laughs> We're trying to sound too smart. Yeah, stay under the radar. Tap LinkedIn's privacy settings to shield your profile from search engines or hide your connections. Need an excuse for not updating your profile? You're worried about hacking and trying not to share too much online. I like that. I like that. Smart. And uh, resist overwork. Boss asking too much of you? You can always drop one job and find another or just take a breather. One double job veteran is currently on a break, working just one job and pursuing personal coding projects and playing video games during the workday. It's great, he says. I have so much free time. And in the article, they asked all the workers how many hours they were putting in a week. And they were like, eight, about eight, eight hours. So uh, I knew somebody that was doing this forever ago. Really? I never yeah. heard anybody do that. Um, was working for a hospital system in Columbus. Maintain their database, their SQL database, and uh, moved to Texas. And they were like, oh, we really like you. You do, do good work. And he's like, well, I could do it remotely as well. So then he took that job. And then when he got to Texas, he looked around for local jobs. So he like worked at an office in Texas. And then when he got home, he would spend about an hour working on the database back in Ohio and got paid like a real deal, big time, 40 hour a week job money salary. Dude, I love it. I love that. I love that. If you're not working 80 hours a week, but you're working two jobs and getting paid for two jobs, that is a cool move. That's the American American dream. Uh Uh-huh. But listen, if you're working more than even 25 hours a week and you're doing two jobs, that's not the American dream, I think. You really want to be working two Anti-American jobs agreement. at the same time, but for almost no time. That's these the are, dream. These are all the bullshit jobs, though. That's the thing yeah. about it. These are just people that are white and like have money to look good. Uh-huh. They, they do, these people don't do shit or add anything to society. Yeah. True. True. Computer fucking geeks. Like, sorry that you can understand computers. Why, why are the rest of us being fucking punished for it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So here's another little bit of news from somebody from the Street Fight Extended Universe. Uh, you may not believe this, but some people made some out-of-touch comments Thursday on Fox News. Enter John Taffer. Street Fight Extended Universe. John Taffer. We actually did a review of his dating show, which was... They had to do that because John Taffer had a dating show, which is a crazy thing. He was marriage counseling, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what he was doing. 
He had to apologize for last Friday for comparing restaurant workers to military dogs when discussing the perils of unemployment benefits with Fox News host Laura Ingram. What? Um, so here's what he said. Uh, but so here, Laura Ingram says, uh, what if we just cut off the unemployment? Hunger is a pretty powerful thing. John Taffer says they only feed a military dog at night because a hungry dog is an obedient dog. Well, if you're not causing people to be hungry to work, um, if you're not causing people to be hungry to work and then there's audio, but I don't know if our audio will play because we just did a new setup. So John Taffer called people on unemployment hungry dogs. He said we need to keep dogs hungry. That's that's somebody that's never actually been hungry. I don't think if you've ever had hunger, you would ever in your life, like not being able to eat, not being able to afford, afford food. Being sent to bed without food. Yeah. How could you ever wish that upon another person? Well, he, or think that that's the solution to the problem. That didn't do, that wasn't anything except for abuse, malnourishment. Yeah. And he just uh, is opening a restaurant. Did you hear about his new restaurant that he's opening? No. Taffer's American Grill. I'll get it up here because uh, I want to go to Man Cow's restaurant. We, we need will, to go to Chicago and go to Marquesa's. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah. I, we, there, I, we can order the pasta a la man cow. There's a pasta a la man cow? I'm 99% sure there is a man cow named uh, uh, food. And it's uh, okay. probably would have to be made out of shit, I would guess. I don't know. Taffer's Tavern, Brett, is the name of Taffer's Why Tavern. Why don't you just call it Taffern? That's your Taffern. <laughs> just call him Taffern. I mean... Taffern, it's easy. Here's the thing. It's like Steven Steven, you know? He stinks at making names for bars. We, we've known this. I've he, watched every episode of Bar Rescue. He's never come up with a good name for a bar in like 15 seasons. He stinks at, he stinks at designing bars too, really. The only thing he's good at is yelling at alcoholics. <laughs> the best thing he can do is scream at an alcoholic, which or I like love. A, a small business tyrant. Yeah, and that, I love him yelling at bar owners. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, like Gordon Ramsay can throw down in the kitchen and goes and dresses him down. John Taffer really just knows how to tell a bar owner that they're a fucking asshole. He is. He is only a yeller. Yeah, that's his whole. He doesn't do. Anything else? He claims. Yeah. He claims he invented the butt funnel. We all know that. Did he? You know what the butt funnel is? No. When you go on the dance floor, uh, let me get this up because it is like bar technology. He he this figured was, it up in bar science. Uh, but he invented. It's not a butt funnel for bombing for like doing the uh bonging beers through your asshole no like absorbing ever clear in my anal tissue yeah yeah butt funnel um hold on i invented the butt funnel here we go um so ah fucking it's a dance floor thing where uh you have to turn to face each other as you walk onto the dance floor so people are sort of facing each other as they walk on to the dance floor. Be because what does it do to your butt? It, it, it funnels your butt into the thing. 
Like so, you got a booty bump to get through to the dance floor. Well, I think he's talking about peas and peas. You know what I'm saying? Like peas and peas together. Yeah, peas and peas. <laughs> you're like facing each other. It's part of bar science. Here we go. I think I got the piece here. You uh, just a little bit, just straddle someone's thigh to squeeze through to the dance floor. Well, people think they're having a better time when they have to squeeze through. Yeah, um, it's I a agree metal with that. Pipe. I agree with that. If I squeeze through into a crowd, all of a sudden I do feel like I'm in a magical place. Yeah, what it is is it's a metal pipe that constricts traffic to and from a dance floor in order to uh, stimulate guest interaction. Okay, so it is just like as you walk in, it funnels you in so that like when you're walking down to the dance floor. Two people have to face each other to turn and get onto the dance floor. That's the funnel. You can go butt to butt. <laughs> yeah, you can. But uh, I think his idea is like we're going to be, you know, we got two people looking at each other. It'll make for a more fun night. I mean, I don't. I am so. I had no idea that he he claims this is one of his greatest inventions. That's bar science. Is like well, you would go one at a time. If the only way you can get into the dance floor is two people like embracing in a hug and walking sideways, if I can't put my booty on, I don't want to. I don't want to get like that. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, that's the last thing I want to dance, and I'm married. I don't want to fucking funnel butts together. So yeah, he invented the. uh Butt funnel. I, I wish I could find the actual... I would rather hear about someone drinking alcohol out of their asshole than, oh. than this. Yeah. It, well, he sees it as a very, like... Yeah, he tongue sees in it cheek. As, no, not tongue in cheek. He, thinks he sees it as an invention. Okay. Like, that is what he sees it as, dude. Is he sees... Hold on. What... Is okay, it's just a small opening in a dance floor, and people walk through it, and it's 30 inches wide. They rub butts or rub up against each other. Okay, I get it. All right, I get it. Everyone loves a tight squeeze, right? and it gets everybody excited, you know. Yeah, I just love to like, squeeze just, out to the dance floor. My cheeks were just on somebody else's cheeks, or maybe my cheeks was just on somebody else's balls, or my balls touched another person's balls, or my ball, you know what I mean? Like, it sets up a lot just of situations. Rubbing, rubbing and racing. <laughs> it does, it does. It sets up a lot of really nice situations on the dance floor narrow hallways <laughs> yeah. so here's his new place reality tv show bar rescue host john taffer is bringing taffer's tavern to dc's pen quarter and the kitchen comes with a modern twist taffer's tavern okay uh, the first taffer's tavern opened outside in atlanta last fall in alpharetta georgia taffer is franchising the locations with many more plants the franchisee for the dc metro is a leader in the sous vide cooking method of preparing food in sealed bags submerged in baths of swirling hot water kept at constant temperatures. Sous vide is French for under vacuum. The sous vide method will be broadly employed in the kitchen at the Penn Quarter location for its pub food based menu. It's used at the original Taffer's Tavern and will be used at all future locations. I love, me and my guys, you know, me and my guys go get a, go see a Nationals game. It's like, we're going to drink. We got to get sous vide. Well, you know, everybody wants sous vide when they're 
knocking back some pints but here do the butt funnel here's the explanation though taffer's tavern calls it the kitchen of the future allowing minimal need for food preparation and handling and reducing back of the house labor the simplified cooking techniques will allow the restaurant to hire less experienced kitchen staff and reduce cooking times by 50 to 90 percent when compared to traditional restaurant kitchens tavern's he's about to sous vide that panera mac and cheese that's all it's going to be he's just going to be plastic bags full of food that are boiled to heat yeah that's all it is is he's just setting up a place where you can have one person stand in the back and drop a bag in a sous vide and fucking yeah throw it out on the plate and get it out there it's garlic this is sous vide garlic mashed potatoes they were made somewhere else and we threw them in a tub of water now you get them squirted out on a plate (laughs) that's what he's doing man that's what he's doing he's just trying to cut out more workers but he also thinks they're hungry dogs they need right. to be treated like hung- hungry dogs. So, you know, it's, you know, 10, one half or whatever, you know, of the other. I never know what that is, dude. I never know that same. I don't even, you butchered it so bad. I don't even know which one 10 of one half dozen of the other or six of one half dozen. You know what I'm saying. Right? I don't. I don't use that one. Let's, um, let's take a look at Conservapedia, Brett, because I, I, Conservapedia where we got our conservative parables a few months ago that we love. We loved the conservative parables. Everyone needs them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you got to learn. Uh, oh, goodness gracious. Why is this not loading, Brett? Uh-oh. The internet's down? Wait, how am I on the internet? Oh, my computer it's not down. Or? It's not down. We're up. We're up. All right. Let's do this. Uh, so we got some politically liberal live action films, Brett. Um, I posted this one earlier, so I guess we might as well read read it just so people know where we're coming from. Um, here is a politically liberal live action film, American Psycho, uh, in the year 2000. Politically liberal? Politically liberal. And let me read you why, Brett, because I think it's important that you hear why. Because they do give a reason, okay? Don't be fooled by the false patriotic title, which is... <laughs> what? Wait, what? Wait. Hey. No. It's patriotism, Fred. It says American Psycho. American Psycho. I thought this was going to be about Uncle Sam's misguided children. I thought this was a Marine movie. I thought this, this is our American psychos that keep us safe. The people that do what it takes. I can't figure out what they thought it was going to be. Like, oh God, I hate another movie using America just to sell tickets. <laughs> Everybody knows that they want to see, we want to see everything American. And here's what the liberals give us. It's about these goddamn. I thought it was about American psychos. By the way, best psychos in the whole world. Yeah, we we do the craziest shit to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the most anti-American film you'll ever see because it, I, that's not true though. <laughs> it's the most anti-American film you'll ever see because it attempts to pass an investment baker off as a secret serial killer. So that's American Psycho. Why that's a liberal movie. I guess they like investment bankers over there. I mean, I get. In a, I mean, it goes after consumerism, hardcore, in the book, but not really in the movie. I, 
I think it does a pretty good job in a movie with that. Probably. Yeah, I think the movie's actually maybe a little more liberal than the book from what I've heard. Like, the movie's a little bit more of a, like... Because uh, Brad Easton Allison is... Well, the move, the book is all just lists of brands and things that you can buy to make it seem like you're special and with it. Ah, okay. So the Alien franchise, which we know... Love Alien. And we know that whole franchise is... is act- that Those movies actually are liberal, basically. Okay? Like, they have good politics, Okay. So here's our comments on this. The pro-feminist anti-capitalist film franchise was originated by atheist Ridley Scott. Oh. (laughs) The the first film has proven to be alarmingly similar to 1965 film Planet of the Vampires. But since it fitted the left's agenda, they didn't care and gave it biased reviews anyway. (laughs) Alien? (laughs) Alien. Alien. Um, aliens. So we're talking about part two. Aliens. Is an anti Vietnam statement, which I thought everybody was anti Vietnam by now. Like, who can be pro the Vietnam War? No, my, no, boomers are. Because they think it's just terrible that every Vietnam vet came home and people spit on them and beat them up and treated them like shit. So you had to be pro Vietnam War to show. That you supported the troops. Oh, okay. That was retcon, definitely, with my parents. Okay, okay. Um, And uh, uh, it copies another previous feature, in this case, 1954 film Them. So they're really the conservative, uh, conservapedia, are kind of mad that Alien is like another movie. (laughs) So geeky. (laughs) This is understand film. I know, I know. The, how it works and the themes and the borrowing and remakes and I don't those were that's no critique that you could ever make against that movie. Yeah, who, who've ever heard of those other movies? <laughs> the person that wrote that thing because they're mad about this the is alien. the worst part about conservatives. They think they're just being intelligent because they like spout off facts or something. They're like, oh, Alien, of course, was borrowing from Gilgamesh and Charlemagne. <laughs> and I'll just say all of these, like, dusty-ass people's names. Right. And it's not... When you make a movie... in a, When you make a genre movie, it's not... It's supposed to, like, reproduce other things in the genre. Right? Like, that's part of making Alien, is that it was a movie... It was a science fiction horror movie, and it will, of course, fit in a specific area because that's the movie they were making. It's not ripping it off. It's not copying. And they're just like, it was copying, and then these fucking liberals gave it good review. <laughs> so weird. It is. It's very funny. Uh, we got, uh, let's see here. I'm going to find us another good one. Uh Okay, here we go. Day of the Dead, Brett. Day of the Dead. Okay. Liberal scientists who plan to tame zombies are the heroes, while the common sense conservative soldiers, soldiers whose plan is to euthanize them all, are the villains. (laughs) So, it's quote. It's quote. And then Dawn of the Dead, this review is great. This Dawn of the Dead one Mm. is prime conservative shit. Besides containing outbursts of graphic violence, 
This standalone sequel to George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead is against capitalism because the consumers are zombies. The 2004 Zack Snyder-directed remake abandoned this. So that one's okay. The Zack Snyder yeah. remake is okay. The, uh, he updated it in a way that didn't make us have to think about ourselves as cogs in a machine. They didn't make us feel bad. Yeah, I just <laughs> want to go buy my Under Armour shoes and not feel bad about it. Why does this other movie make it seem like that's a bad thing to do? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, 2013's The Lone Ranger. Is a liberal film. How? I, seen it, so. I never watched it either. I hate Army Hammer. This attack on capitalists and the military portrays the former as ruthless, greedy railroad executives and the latter as thugs who support their actions. Well, I mean, that is actually a. If this is what that movie's about, then I agree with it. <laughs> you know, it is like capitalists. And uh, the cap military does stick up for capitalist interests. Like, yeah, that's the yeah, whole that's what thing. They do. They're thugs for capitalism, pretty much. Like it distorts the messages of its source material by displaying the Lone Ranger, shown to be a smart intellectual character in the original TV and radio serials, as dumbfounded and unintelligent. Instead, featuring his sidekick Tonto. Played by liberal pot smoker Johnny Depp. <laughs> pot smoker. I would get that. Ta- I want to get that tattooed on my forehead. Liberal pot smoker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only as the star of the film, but as the Lone Ranger's voice of reason too. Which, by the way. That's such a conservative... You could get a conservative to stick up for that movie now because Johnny Depp plays Tonto. They yeah. can totally defend it. Absolutely. For sure. I feel like they would be passionate about that. Oh, no, Brett. Uh, uh, the Matrix series is liberal. It is not a conservative series. Okay. Um, I believe that. So, uh, here we go. A hacker- although they don't... Although they... I think nowadays... How old is this? I don't know. It, it's conservative so it keeps getting yeah, it keeps getting more conservative time. as time goes on. Yeah. <laughs> just the cons- yeah. conservation just keeps happening at a faster pace. Yeah, a hacker discovers his world is a replica of the world as it was before a cataclysmic future event in which intelligent machines took over humanity. So he joins a resistance to end the machine's reign. Despite this salvation narrative, the whole trilogy glorifies anarchism and nihilism, even hinting several times toward a pro-communist, anti-American, with one scene in the first film when Thomas Anderson meets Agent Smith having Anderson's dossier listing Anderson as hailing from F-U-U-S-A, which not so suddenly is meant to say, fuck you, USA. (laughs) Who knows that? Who would... Is that a commonly known part of the Matrix? F-U-U-S-A? I don't remember that part. I don't think it's true. What is it? What part is it again? So it says, uh, one scene in the first film, Tom Anderson meets Agent Smith. And they're having Anderson's, they have Anderson's dossier listing Anderson as hailing from F-U-U-S-A. Is that... I mean, do you really think that's... I don't think the Wachowskis hate the United States. They might. They could. They could. I think a lot of people that hate the United States like their movies. It has anti-Christian views, too. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's not one you should see, bro. That seems like one for them, though. I feel like that's one for them to totally misinterpret and say that, like, liberals are taking everything over and now they have to go murder people in a in a government building to make make up for it for sure like that's all their vibes are Brett, this next one is gonna that's conservatism to me is like killing strangers for being different (laughs) this next one's gonna hit you when i say the title it's gonna hit everybody in the chat they're gonna get a chuckle out of it the naked gun two and a half the smell of fear (laughs) what why? How? How could you watch the naked gun and get mad at it? It's too liberal. Why didn't the naked gun in there? It makes cops look like idiots. Yeah, maybe. But Well, let's see. The more openly liberal sequel to the apolitical naked gun. <laughs> <laughs> Pushes environmentalism and attacks productive businesses, especially the oil industry. Ah, I forgot about that part. Weird that conservatives... I, I find it very strange that conservative... Conservapedia is so positive on, like, the oil industry. Or that, like, they love... It, it's like they like CEOs, but when you see... When you see speeches by Republican candidates that they like, oftentimes they're like, these fat cats, you know, they got to go. I don't know. I disagree. Really? I mean, I think, I think uh, yeah, fossil fuels are what they love and they want to preserve more than anything else. And seeing someone be in the, like, they all think of themselves as grub worms and that like the CEO is the smartest, most productive shark in the room. And they think that person deserves everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's conservatism to me. Oh, man. This one. these people that just feel like they're a piece of shit and that somebody else should have uh, 10 times more than they do because they're not as much of a piece of shit as, as them. You know, they don't hate themselves. Here's one that really tells on them, Brett. This is one that will tell on conservatives. The Purge. Okay? Yeah. The movies. The yeah, purge, I get which it. Which we know are politically. They're woke now. They all are. They've all been that way. That's true. You're right. All of the Purge movies have been politically left. You know, uh, movie featuring gratuitous violence and normalization of violent degenerate behavior. It is based on a political movement called the New Founding Fathers of America, which is a reformation of the Republican Party. This can be based on the fact that a majority of the people that played roles for characters of the NFFA are white and old. <laughs> So, <laughs> there's one one mark for them telling on themselves which is what liberals see as the republican party the protagonists are what would generally be considered by the democrats to be the people who vote for them black hispanic asian and women <laughs> the good guys are black hispanic asian and women it's sick <laughs> That's so bad, dude. They're so the worst. They're so bad. RoboCops in here. They got uh, they clock that correctly. Yeah, yeah. RoboCop's supposed to be a warning. That's supposed yeah. to be satire. Uh, shoot 'em up. I don't know. I don't think it's just an action movie that's fun. Yeah, it's satire. 
it's still like is using guns to murder people, which I think is what conservatives want more of. Right, the, they the, want to be more bullets fired, I think is what they're shooting for. Their explanation is it's an It's anti- also a guy share he's like saving a baby, right? It's a guy about saving a baby. Yeah. It's a movie about a guy saving a baby. And he's shooting That's, the shit out of him. He shoots yeah. so many people in that movie. If you haven't seen Shoot 'em Up, it fucking rules. Yeah, one of the greatest. It's like a Bugs Bunny movie with guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, I don't I don't see the disconnect there. Like he's righteously using a gun to solve all of his problems, which is conservative. It says the hero. It says the hero is a nihilist, and the villains are trying to defend gun rights and the oh. Second Amendment. I don't even see that as the movie. I like that they hate nihilists. I didn't know that they was a big them. so much stuff on because I was looking at Conservapedia a lot today. And almost every page is like these fucking nihilists. Okay, that's interesting to know. I get it. Yeah, I am. I'm one, but I I can now I know that they're like repulsed by it. <laughs> Short circuit is a. Uh... Come on, you gotta defend that one. You gotta let Stephen fucking whatever his name is. Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> it's not Gutenberg in that movie. Yeah, it's Steve Gutenberg. No, I promise. Just pretend to be an Indian guy. No, that's Fisher Stevens. Yeah. And it's Steve Gutenberg's the star. Got it. Okay. Okay. Well, Johnny Five's really the star in that movie. Johnny That's Five is the star. There. We're best, only there for Johnny Five. Best looking robot to ever be in a movie. I will Nailed fucking it. stand by the fact that Johnny Five is the best looking robot ever in a movie. You can turn fucking short circuit on right now and look at Johnny Five. He's a real fucking thing. He's dude. a guy. Yeah. He's a guy, he's a gal guy and non-binary pal wrapped but into one. He's also like a real thing. Like it's not CGI. Like if they made short circuit now, they'd probably just CGI him and have a Wally. guy like moving around like Wally ripped off of Johnny Five. Yeah. I mean Johnny Five's just an amazing I will never get past the fact like if I could get a Johnny Five, I would get one. Oh yeah, that's all we want. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the robots we want. Like, if you went to the train station and they fired everybody, but a Johnny Five came up, you'd be like, I don't know. That's progress. <laughs> that's how it goes. The big-ass tank treads, uh-huh. all the exposed wires, like the yellow and red and, like, primary colored wiring, um, the little blinking, like, shutters on the eye, the camera eyes. Made it a person, dude. The hands, like, move, like, kind of fluidly. Yep. Damn, Johnny Five is cool. Johnny Five is alive. Yeah, he's also, it turns out, a leftist. So I love it. Even better. On top, oh, so here's a really funny line here. Uh, uh, PG, parentheses, should be PG-13. Okay. (laughs) Well, for what? I don't remember. I can't think of anything in the movie that... Hey, laser lips, your mother is a snowblower. It's kind of a blowjob joke in a way, but not really. Maybe because it presents the idea that like uh, a robot could have life or something. Okay. <laughs> like it threatens an embryo. Well, it says on top, they get so mad. They're going to notice a pattern here from the Aliens movies. On top of just being a blatant E.T. rip off. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen this before. Short Circuit's better than E.T. I I'm, hate to say it. I'm a conservative. We have a movie called E.T. We don't need anything else. <laughs> We don't need your newfangled ways. <laughs> but 
and if I need another ET, I'll watch Mac and Me, which yeah. is a pro-capitalist film paid for by McDonald's. Okay, right. Mac and Me is probably one of their top movies because it's like yeah. McDonald's propaganda. God, I saw Mac and Me in the theater, dude. Not a good idea. Saw it in the fucking theater. Short Circuit also downgrades the military. <laughs> I don't know, like, how they do Does that. It? I guess, dude. I guess. Um, uh, you know, just do a couple more. Um, I love the way that they... I love some of the stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, how about this one? Uh, uh, White House Down. I don't know if you've seen White House Down. I have. I haven't actually, seen any of the Down movies. Uh, White House Down sucks. First of all, okay. it's all it's the only Down movie. You're t- you're thinking Fallen. Fallen. The Olympus, Olympus is, fallen. is Fallen. Yeah. Oh, you'd love them. They're fucking. The Fallen. Fantastic. I mean, they're terrible. Like the politics in the Has Fallen movies are so conservative. Where it's like the president is so great. It's like an Air Force One sort of thing where the president's like, I'll fucking fuck him up. You know? Yeah, yeah the if president got, will jump in. Well, that's what White House Down is. J- uh, Jamie Foxx plays the president. Sir, as the American president, I must whoop some ass. <laughs> Jamie Foxx plays the president in that. And yeah. Uh, uh, base loose. Uh, so it's uh, it mocks conservatives with a liberal plot twist that makes the Tea Party out to be terrorists. Well, I mean, yeah, you th- did it. You did. You, you did terrorism. You a did. Bit. Yeah, we just did. Just a skosh, just a little bit. Yeah, this movie you tried was, for it. <laughs> this movie was made by uber liberals to counter great conservative film Olympus Has Fallen, which depicts North Koreans as terrorists and bad guys. So, <laughs> like, that's necessary. Oh, American Pie's in here, dude. Why? Uh, it's the first installment of a long-running film franchise. First of all, it's not a long-running There's film. nine of them. I understand, but anything after three is not an American Pie movie. If, if it's the name, not in it, it's not American Pie. Stifler's got to be making an appearance. And Jason Biggs. You think Jason Biggs is in like American Pie Seven? He because he's the main star, or Shannon Elizabeth, one of the two. I don't know. Jennifer Coolidge. Um, we got a lot of people. Yeah, we need to do the American Pie universe. I did see that the other day. There, there. I would love to know what's going on in five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, really? This shit's that's worse than Freddy Krueger to me. Yeah, the Big Lebowski's in here too, but these are just movies that have stuff that conservatives don't like. Uh, uh, and it's pretty much any good movie that you've seen. Well, Captain Marvel's in here. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, okay. let's do uh, one last thing. Conservatives hate this. We'll probably revisit this at some point. Uh, dazed and confused. But, um, yeah, that's that's uh, movies conservatives hate. Just a few of them. There's a whole fucking list of them. Uh, if you want to go to Conservapedia... A fascinating website, Brett. Yeah, I got to. Purely fascinating website. Wake up, sign on there, figure out what media the left is trying to doctrinate my kids with, and uh, go to work. Let's look at this sign that went viral in Florida from a Jason's Deli, and then get out of here. Uh, did you see this? Yes. You saw the sign? Is it? Yes. The... Yes. The... Now hiring all positions. Minimum wage equals mediocre person. I know it. 
We got sent by a million people. Minion Death Cult also covered it. That's a tough one. Minimum wage equals mediocre people. Um, $9 an hour. Uh, first job willing to learn. Yeah. Well, how would you know that? I just... It shouldn't be illegal to kill somebody that says minimum wage equals mediocre people. That's just not fair. You should be able to bash their head against some, like, uh, bathroom porcelain. <laughs> what? Could... Here's something. If I'm a guy that just wants a second job, right? Because you already, you're working from home and you're getting paid too much. And then you're like, well, I'll get another job. Go to Jason's Deli and then I'll do remote working at my white collar job. And then I'll just say I'm a mediocre person. Yeah. So you can just you can just pay me minimum wage and I'll do mediocre work. Sure. Like that's the setup. Like if you could request that. Right. You know? Like, oh, my schedule, you know, I, I call off a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Schedule's so late. You guarantee that you're gonna pay me nine dollars at least. No, it's seven fifty. Seven? Minimum wage is seven fifty, I think. In What's on the sign though? Uh, the next level up is, so it's minimum wage equals mediocre person. $9 an hour equals first job willing to learn. Uh, $10 an hour is same ex- some experience and efficient. An $11 an hour worker would be a reliable multitasker. I really feel like that's $15 an hour. Dude. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only fucking thing that you need to be to work at a Jason's Deli is be a reliable multitasker. You should not be asked for more than that, is how I feel. I just don't think, you, like, that's just not what you should be able to, you shouldn't be able to ask for that. I'm fucking restocking the salad bar, dude. I don't, I, I'll come when I'm supposed to, and I'll restock the salad bar, pay me my $15 an hour, because that is $15 worth of fucking work. That's what that is. That's what it is. Uh, Eleven. No, they want you running around there, like doing all the goddamn work and getting to know all your customers and being like, "Oh, hey Gertrude, you ordered a fucking pastrami last week. Would you like the same order this week?" I yeah. And hey, let me let me just throw this out here real quick. If you don't have Jason's Deli where you're from, worse it's sub Subway levels of food. It's worse to me than I'd rather eat Subway. And you know what? They fucking, they'll call something a muffaletta and serve it to you. It ain't. It fucking ain't. They say they have it. You can actually order a muffaletta. They don't got it. They serve you something. It looks like it. It ain't it. It's a lie. That motherfucking place is a lie. It sucks. It's dude. the worst on the planet. I mean, I got something called they should, like, people should be in trouble for doing that. Like I, the people, the people that own Jason's Zelly should be in trouble. Big trouble. Big, big trouble. You should be able to throw them in jail or something. You should be able to egg that place legally. Like, if you fucking egged it or vandalized the Jason's Deli, the police would show up to the Jason's Deli, and in theory, they should be like, well, you know, look what you're selling here. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally against the idea of solitary confinement, but like a little bit for the people that run Jason's Deli might straighten them out. Yeah, yeah. A few days, 72 hours in solitary confinement for the people that want to open a Jason's Deli to just make them think about it. Yeah. How bad, how much trouble they're going to be in if they open it. Because you shouldn't be serving food that subpar. Yeah. And Jason is a terrible name. It's just not appealing. <laughs> no Jasons have ever set any records or like 
there was a Power Ranger name. The Red Power Ranger was Jason. That's the only good one there's ever been. <laughs> they should it throw just, Jason in a hole with those sticks with the doo-doo on them. You know? The punji sticks <laughs> that they used to do. We should just be able to just throw Jason in a hole from Jason's Deli. Yeah. I think that should be legal. Really? What I mean, legal. I think it should be the more it's the moral decision to make. Is to drop them in a hole. <laughs> I just think that they need an answer for what they're doing. Because nobody has ever told me to go get their subs. No one's ever recommended it to me. Somehow they're making money. I think they just they just take advantage of people. Like, Jason's Delis are always at, like, some sort of employee campus. Like, they're near some sort of, like, mm-hmm. call center. Like, D.C. had a lot of Jason Delis where someone would be at a Microsoft call center. And they'd throw you out in the middle of nowhere. You can't get anywhere. You can't drive on your lunch break, but there's a Jason's Deli, so you're like fucking forced to eat it. It's gruel. It's true. Like the the it, there's a Jason's Deli in my neighborhood that's in kind of an office park, and everything else is a hassle to get to because if you wanted to go downtown, you had to you'd have to drive down a road that it would just turn into a hassle. If you wanted to go up into the neighborhood, you would have to get in your car and drive to make it there by lunch. And there's a Jason's deli that you can walk right across the street to. They're literally masters of like forcing your hand. It's like, (laughs) what are you going to do? Go somewhere else. Yeah. Give us your money. We're going to make you a very mediocre sandwich. And, and the other evil thing about Jason's deli, even beyond this sign is that I think a big part of their business is catering for work. Yes. I think that's like a huge part of their business is that like they'll bring those muffalettas into a like a fucking training course. Fox lunch. They're eating them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we talked about with you when you worked at the cafe where the guy was like, I'm running a fucking business here. And it's like you're making sandwiches. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything except for putting ingredients between bread. And and the like Jason's Deli had get like they didn't focus on quality. They didn't focus on passion. They focused on like. People being in a forced position where it's like, I have to do a box lunch for 500 people and it has to be under 445 a person. And like Jason's Deli steps right in right. with a bag of chips and a, and a very horrible sandwich. So for $12 an hour, Brett, you have to be better than most and you have to bring zero drama and you have to work like two people for How? $12 no. an hour. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you, you should have to two- work as like three quarters of a person if for twelve dollars an hour. Double that nine dollars. Like if I'm pay- if I'm working like two people, I at least get minimum wage of two people. Eighteen <laughs> should be the starting. Thank you. Yes, I like that. Thirteen dollars an hour. Uh, supervisory material. So you get paid thirteen dollars an hour to be. You don't even get $13 an hour. You get 67% of $13 an hour. And you're not a supervisor. They're like the potential of being a supervisor is what they're offering. You go out of the way. You tell on people. You do extra work. Um, You make it easier for the supervisor to not do their job. Yeah, yeah. For $14 an hour, this one's tough, Brett. This one, uh, never, ever late. Fuck that. That's impossible. Doesn't happen. Yeah, it's impossible. It's not possible. There's traffic. There's so many reasons that you could be late, barring even just the fact that I'm too lazy to get to work on time. There's like other reasons why, even if I wanted to get there on time, 
there's gonna be days where I don't get there on time. It's hard. It's impossible. Yeah. There's so many things out of your control. No one can do it. If you're making $13 an hour, you might not even be able to afford a car payment. So you're taking a bus or something. Uh, uh, never ever late. Cares like the owner does. No. For 13? Yeah, 14. Oh, 14 is never late and cares like the owner does. And brings positivity to the environment. I do, No, I can't do that. Why would you? The care? owner loves it because they don't have to do the work. <laughs> and they get all the... Profit. Yeah, they, they reap all the benefits. What yeah. do you mean? They get everything. And now for $15 an hour, this is our final amount of money, uh, outshines and outperforms the owner, does all of the above. So if you outperform the owner, you can make $15 an hour. So we're supposed to believe that the owner's paying themselves $15 an hour, right? 14, really. To tell you 14, story. that's right. <laughs> because this person works harder than the owner. So that really, people should just go in there and be like, so you're the owner and you're making $14 an hour? Because. Yeah. Mm, Shit. Sucks. Fuck, I'm looking at this. Like, why try harder? I don't want to work here. If I, I have, to, have work to be here. dorkier than you to and to get $15 an hour, it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Our friend Lauren, act normal, uh uh act normal or else on Twitter, uh, wonderful account, said uh, quote, working harder than the under than the owner to barely break thirty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> Sick man. To drop to to like have to sell drugs at part time. Yeah. What are you gonna do? To you can't do that. Yeah. Just it's not enough for anything. Yeah. And the owner, if you're doing as much as the owner, you should get your owner's pay. And the owner has like time to go on vacation and like a house payment and shit. Right. This is really. I, I mean, you know, it kind of. I, I do have to say this. It lays bare what our lives are. Of course. Like, what what is expected of us in this world? It kind of lays bare what is expected of us. And it sucks. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. That's the world. That is uh, Street Fight Radio for this week. This Sunday we will be here. And uh, we will be fresh off the Gathering of the Juggalos, which we will start going tomorrow. Uh, uh, first day will be tomorrow. We're going to, we'll film stuff there on our phones, not like TV movie shit, but, uh, you know, we'll make TikToks and, and, and try to live stream maybe a few times, like go yeah. live on and, uh, uh, just all together, have a good time, you know? So then Sunday we'll come in here and do the call in show and, you know, the first half hour, 45 minutes will probably be about the gathering of the juggalos. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. I have a hell of a time. Follow along where Street Fight WCRS. I'm also going to probably go hang out with Eric tomorrow again. Here. And do another live uh, Instagram live stream. There's also something that we should bring up here. Uh, Street Fight reviews the MCU uh, movies cinematic universe. We reviewed Date Movie with Will Meneker from Chapo Trap House. And uh, it's a very funny episode. And uh, I'm just going to say it right now. Worst movie I've ever seen. I have never seen a movie worse than that movie. I'm with you. Yeah. So far, um, uh, I hate you for this. Like, it was just really mad. I'm really mad that you chose this as something to do. <laughs> um, the other ones were kind of ignorant and silly and fun. This one just felt very pointed and ugly and mean and disgusting. 
and just made me really resent the entire <laughs> endeavor. It's really one of the, it is really one of the worst movies we've we've ever seen and uh we did end up uh, on this episode we're gonna we're gonna let you guys learn a little bit about friedberg and seltzer as we go through this we read a little bit from their grantland interview they've never done a grantland uh, they've never done an interview they have one interview they gave the interviewer one hour so there's a piece from grantland that talks about them and uh so you know we'll go through that as we go uh, we also read some positive reviews for this 7% on Rotten Tomatoes movie, and uh, they're pretty funny, but don't watch this movie. It's don't. dismal. It's dreadful. Just listen to me, Brett, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. It's just, if you want to be <laughs> bummed out, we'll, we'll do all the, we'll take all the psychic damage. Don't watch date movie. And then next week, it'll be epic movie. So uh, that's it. Go to our Patreon to watch it. Watch the uh, movie Cinematic Universe. It's on uh, patreon.com slash streetfightradio, uh, $5 tier, get you access to the movie Cinematic Universe, and it will also get you access to, um, what was I going to say? It'll also get you access to uh, the next thing, Shocktober. Yes, Shocktober is next. Up next. And uh, uh, in October, it's going to be very fun. So I think you'll love it. We'll probably get started in September. Uh, but they don't release until at, I can we, we have tell to do, the, we have to start before September. I can tell you the date of the first one. We should do, we should do September. Really? We should. It'll actually be. Okay. <laughs> we could talk about that off the air. Yeah. You didn't talk to me about it. Well, I usually started on, it would have been October 1st. You're about at making money. Okay. Well, okay. We'll we do just it. stretch it between two months to make more money. Well, November, it usually struts into halfway through November. Three months is better than two. Okay. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. It's October coming in... September. The very end of September. Yep. If it comes out in September. That's all we but need. that's it. Yeah. The last... I mean, maybe the last day of September. The last Friday. And uh, that episode will be Opie and Anthony. And uh, we love you. Have a good time. Peace. Peace.